glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship the Lord of this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Okay, and that whole thing about, you know, God and all that, what I saw in myself, and I'm going to say it over and over and over. I know you've heard it many times, but I knew about him, like, like through catechism or whatever, but, uh, but I didn't know him enough to invite him over for dinner. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and the handle is inside your heart, and you're the one who has to open the door to him. And you invite him to come in. See, we know about movie stars and football players and, and po politicians. We know about them. But do you know them good enough to invite them over for dinner? They wouldn't come over. Some of them I wouldn't want over. But, but see, see the difference? It's like, wow, he's my best friend. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit, his names are advocate and counselor and comforter and a helper and he's an intercessor he prays for you he's a strengthener and a standby and if he lives when you ask him to come into your heart he he comes all three the father the son and the holy spirit come to live inside of you and you know when you're you're in a trial and i'll let you sit down pretty soon but that but when you're in a trial, like our son died this, you know, this summer, and uh, our oldest son, and you know, you go, I say comforter. You know, you lay in bed and you want to cry, and, and you say comforter. Be my comforter, Holy Spirit. You said you were my comforter. You're my helper. I need some prayer right now. <laughs> I would say to him. I mean, that's how well you know him. I invite him in. <laughs> You know, he comes and, and he's, 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 to me, I love him more than my husband. <laughs> or, you know, see what I mean? And you come to know him. And I, I mean, and don't be embarrassed because a lot of the Bible's written in Greek. And the Greek word for knowing him actually means the relationship between a husband and wife. And you know what I'm talking about. That's what it, he, you're one with him. One. You're one with him. Amen. That's and that's so real. Yeah. And it's so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Woo. I mean Amen. how many times I mean my first husband died too. And then all you know my mother died when I was 30. The uh, then then my uh, you know my one of my sisters died all of a sudden in the last 2 years all my sisters died. And I'm left, you know, for, it's, it's just, it, it's life. I mean, and so many other things, yeah. so many, 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 whoop, many other things. Thank you, Steph. Uh, it isn't just death. It's, it's all these other things that happen to you. There's offense, there's hurt. And th that God is there. Oh my gosh. Or you hear bad news, you know, something happens or was diagnosed with cancer in 2012 <laughs> you know I, that was a long time ago and i'm fine but but the point was you know you you're you're you 
he's there in fact I came out I just knew I knew I knew and knew it was going to be all right and kids said I was I came out smiling <laughs> you know after surgery so you know you can depend on him so much everybody was going you know they were rolling me out and it was like 6 p.m when it was done and and, and everybody was going oh hi hi <laughs> going up anyway be seated that that's the difference that's the difference <laughs> hallelujah so okay and you know one, once you're even born again you receive jesus as your lord and savior and ask him to come into your heart he you mentioned the word covenant john but uh god's word is a covenant with it we're going to talk about the word of god today so I'll wait till everybody gets settled here. <laughs> but, but you know what a covenant is? <laughs> everything that I have yeah. is God's, yeah. and everything that God has is mine. Yeah. I was like, oh, boy, he got the raw end of the deal. <laughs> In all seriousness, he did. <laughs> That's a covenant. Everything that is God's is mine and everything that I have is his you exchange and 2nd Corinthians 521 and I mean it even says <laughs> he became sin for us who never ever knew any sin he never sinned Jesus when he walked the earth and gave us his righteousness he said here I'll take your sin David, and I'll give you my righteousness. You come pretend on. like I'm God. Amen. Yeah, come on. He gave us his righteousness. Yes. <sighs> Amen. Boy, he... Oh, and that, that's, that's what the Bible says. So we're going to have a bunch of words today. <laughs> In fact, yeah. Just, just know, well, you know what? Thank God for this word. Amen. And so many people, even after they are... Received Jesus in there. Now, okay, for 40 years, I was in, in, a, in a good place. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that for the teaching that I got in that place. I do. Because my folks took me to church. And that, that was huge. They took me to church and they showed me God. I asked a little five-year-old girl one time, what, do, you know, do you know who Jesus is? And she says, what? I never heard that name before. And almost made me cry. <laughs> she didn't even know. She didn't know who God was. She didn't know who Jesus was. But, um, you know, now, okay. We're trying to get this. Um, so in James 1, 13 through 17, I'm just going to tell you what the word says today quite a bit. I put that one down, did some of them I didn't put down. Okay, yeah, this is it. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted from God. In other words, God didn't do it to you. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. All right. What this means is that God can do no evil. To you. Amen. No, we can't. 
God is not the one. He is not an evil God. But you say he's sovereign. He is sovereign, yes, according to this, his word. Whatever he wrote, and a lot of people don't read it. And they don't know what, you really don't know what's in it. And when we go against what he said, and I might be jumping ahead, but there's, there's like Hebrews 13, 8 says, it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means that he didn't change. He's not going to write something in this book. Is, oh my gosh. I'm, <laughs> I want to jump way ahead of my sermon because it's like heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will not pass away. It says, John, John 1 says, and I should put these up so you can see them with your own eyes. Um, John 1 says that in the beginning was the word, word, W-O-R-D. And the word was with God and the word was God. So this word is God. What he says is permanent and God doesn't change. Malachi is at 3.6 and he says, I am God and I change not. In other words, just because he says, well, you know, I don't like this guy up here. <laughs> you know, and you know, so, you know, I'm not going to save him from that car accident or what. That wasn't why you would be saved from the car accident. It would be because you prayed before that. And, and you asked for angels to go around you or as you, before you got into the car or put the blood of Jesus around you. All of those things. And that's the word of God. Now, do you get that? Did you put John 1, 1 up there? Yeah, it, and the word was with God and the word was God. Go on. Some more. The same was in the beginning with God. The word is Jesus. See? All things were made by him, and without it was not anything made that was made. Jesus was the one who was creating what God was telling him what to do. That's in Proverbs 8. I, Okay, I've read this 35 times from beginning to end, and I don't know nothing, but I know this. I know these things, and I know a lot of it by heart because I go over it and over it and over it and over it. And if you look at it, he's a, see, he's all good. There's no bad in him. So who causes the storms and all those things? The devil does. And there still is a devil out there. And he still tries to attack us. Now, Jesus defeated him. But there's a world system out there. And a lot of people, you know, aren't, they don't know any better. I mean, look at the United States right now. Woo, we're getting close to where we don't want to be. Um, I saw that when I was, now I'm 84 years old and I was born in 1940 and they talked about communism constantly. They taught us in school, don't ever get into communism. Same thing as socialism, except worse. Total control of you, like in China. 
And I'm just, I'm just going to say that there's a lot of things. When, as, you, as you grow older, there's a lot of things you've seen in your life and a lot of things that you've heard and, and gone through. And so, um, you know, sometimes they cast away old people because they don't think they know anything. And you actually, as you grow older, you know more and more and more. And it depends. But see, this is another thing. This will keep your mind from dementia. The Word of God will keep it. It will. So, okay, I really did. I'm kind of jumping around. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. In Him was all life. And the life was light of men. It's light. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is, what's that? <laughs> but see, even you, when, when he is your Lord and Savior, and when, when you, you talk to him, when he's all, he's all, I just say, man, I, I love him. <laughs> and I am not being a fake. <laughs> and it's, it's good, and it's fun, and it makes you happier. Because when something happens, you know you got him on your side. Amen. Okay, so let's go back to James 1.13, because I want to, the, there's scripture. It says, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. Not, not this scripture doesn't say that. But now listen to what I'm saying before you look at that. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. So what did we say was the word and we proved it? <laughs> so you could take all of these Bibles and burn them up in the whole world and destroy them. But would you get rid of the word? Why? Because Jesus is the word. And the Father and the whole Son and the Holy Spirit are one. And see, those were some of the things when I, when I first started to read this, and I was going, whoa. <laughs> and um, okay, this shows that God, let no one say when, when he is tempted. Or a temptation is something that bad that happens to you. It's an opposition in your life. It opposes you. Okay. I am tempted from God. Oh, God, God's punishing me. No, no he isn't. No. <laughs> it's coming from the enemy. <laughs> For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Yeah. Keep going. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed and baited by his own evil desire, his lust, his passion. Then the evil desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. You know, you might think about something. <laughs> We've all done it. We're all sinners, except <laughs> Jesus never sinned. And that's why he could die on the cross for our sins. Okay. And when it is fully matured, it brings forth death. Evil brings forth death. We all know that. Do not be misled, my beloved brethren, my beloved brethren. Go ahead. Is there one more? 
every good gift, every perfect gift, every free, large, full gift is from above heaven. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light. In the shining of whom there can be no variation. He doesn't change. He doesn't rise or set. Or there's no shadow cast by his turning. As if in an eclipse. I mean, he doesn't turn and say, well, I'm not going to do that. If it's in his word, he can't change it. He said it. And it's forever settled. There's another scripture in the psalm says it's forever settled in heaven. His word is forever settled in heaven. Amen. So heaven and earth will pass away, but the word can. Because it's, it's Jesus. <laughs> okay, John 10.10. 10. Now, you know, and that's why it'd be good to get into this. Because it'll start to reign supreme in your life. There's things that'll happen to you. Whoo! And it'll come up once you're born again and he comes to live inside of you. That if there's no word or Bible inside of you, even though you said, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. Come live in, you know, I surrender to you. And I mean, take my eyes so that I look at the right thing. Take my ears so I hear the right thing. Take my mouth so I didn't put the wrong thing in it. That could be a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, take my body. In fact, the word even says in, uh, in Romans 2, and it, and it says that, not Romans 2, but T-O-O, <laughs> but it says that, that we should offer our bodies to him as a holy living sacrifice of praise, which is our reasonable service. That's how we can serve him. And offering your bodies to him, maybe, maybe you want to clean the toilets at church. Amen. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's offering your body as a living. And I mean, maybe we should raise our hands when, when he's mentioned in a song or something. You know what I mean? And, um, and some, you know, just different things like that. You offer your body to him. I don't want to make my body for sin. I want to make it for good to serve God. All right. I, I'm getting all this stuff, but okay. Now the thief. Who's the thief? Comes only in order to steal stuff from you, to kill and destroy. I came, this is Jesus speaking, that they may have and enjoy life. Enjoy it. It's no joy when you have all sickness and disease and stuff like that. And have it in abundance to the full, till it overflows. And I don't know, maybe somebody's asking, how come you got cancer then? You know, we're all, no, you know what, we're all subject to, uh, okay, what the deal is, we're not, we're not supposed to live so much by our senses, but we're living in a sense world. 
what we hear, what we feel, what we taste, what we touch, what we smell. That's the sense world. And we go by that sense world. You know, and, um, and there's things sometimes that can overwhelm us. There's people that can offend us. And maybe we're in unforgiveness. And that's a huge, unforgiveness is a huge thing. When, when you're in unforgiveness toward anybody, you know, we talked about that, was that last Sunday? I think so. Yeah, to a real big extent that you have to forgive people or you open the door to the devil. Otherwise, you have this umbrella of protection. And so you get mad at somebody and don't even think, I'm capable of it. I am very honest about what I do wrong and right. <laughs> Sometimes I may not even recognize that I'm doing something wrong, but then later I do. And, and you know what? I, I'll, I'll admit it to you, but see, you open the door to certain things. And, and you don't even realize you're doing it. That's why we need each other. That's why we need each other. Now, this is all real, what I'm saying to you. Okay, so the thief comes, the thief comes, oh boy, I'm going to get in her life now. You know, he comes to steal from you, steal your health, steal your children, steal your whatever, relationship with your husband or wife, steal your money. <laughs> in order to steal, kill, and then he'll kill if he can and destroy. I came, says God, that they would have and enjoy life. Is, is God a liar? No. And look at that. It says, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Heaven and earth to pass away, but those words will not pass away. <laughs> okay, so we, we should highly esteem this written word. Especially right now, because it's really the only source of truth in the earth. <laughs> okay, so John, and so how, what do you mean, truth? Okay, so I'm going to prove that too. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them. Did I put that one up to put up there? I don't, oh, it's up there, okay. Sanctify them, purify, consecrate separate them for yourself. Now, this was, this was uh, Jesus speaking. God was speaking to, to Jesus, okay? So sanctify them, God the Father was saying to Jesus when he was on earth. He was talking about his disciples and the people that followed him. Purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself. Make them holy by the truth. Read the rest of it for me, please. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. There's another scripture. When I was a, a baby Christian, okay, this has been, I've been doing this since 1980. Let's put it that way. Okay, I was 40 years old. Okay. So Romans, had, we were at a prayer meeting, and I had just read in Romans that it said, let God be true and every man a liar. And I thought, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I thought, why is that? I didn't get that. And later on, you see, and sometimes then you'll get the revelation of it. 
um, revelation knowledge of it. And it, it, it is just that. Okay, so one of my kids went astray with four kids. A little bit for a while. And um, uh, I was, you know, this is what I was doing. I was saying, my gosh, he knows better. I wish he quit. He's doing this and he's doing that. And I was speaking what he was doing. And you know what God said to me? Stop that. What does my word say about that child? <laughs> now he's going to start, speak what you want the child to do. Now that sounds weird, but that's what happened to Abraham and Abraham's name was changed. <laughs> I mean, that's another story. I could get into so many sermons on this. Uh, do you understand where I'm coming from? A little bit. By the way, hi, Joy. <laughs> oh, it's so good to see you. I want to go hug you. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, there's just so much. I could go on and on and on. See, every, every time we hear anything on TV, or we read anything, we actually should ask, where's the scriptures to back it up? Does it line up with the word of God? And if it doesn't agree with scriptures, turn it off. Because you're might, you might being programmed for socialism or, or communism or whatever. I should shut up about that. <laughs> um, or stop reading it. <laughs> Because if it's not built on scripture, it's not safe to put it inside yourself. It gets in your brain. I'll tell you what. So, see, the Bible is the word of God. And it's a record of God's word to man recorded by men who were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, the, here's the nature of the word. And I, I like this... this uh, even when we named the church, it wasn't just, ah, just every, you know, let's name a new word. No, it wasn't that. I wanted this word to become alive in people. I wanted them to explain it. And that's one of our vision. That's the first one of our vision. To be able to get into the word so that you can apply the word to a daily situation and get rid of it. Get rid of the bad stuff. And it works. All right, so this is our mascot scripture. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 out of the Amplified. The word is alive. It's alive. It's not dead. You can read other books, but it's, if they're not the word of God, and I read a lot of other books, unless they have scriptures in them. I mean, you know, that word is just somebody's word. But, but the word is alive. There's something about it when you say it that, that it brings life and it brings joy and it brings woo, peace, even peace. Okay, for the word of God that speaks is alive. Now get this, it's full of power. Making it active, it's operative. The word of God is energizing and it's effective and it's sharper than a two-edged sword penetrating 
to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and I'll explain that in a minute, and the immortal spirit of the joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. When you read the Bible, you go, ooh, I got the wrong motive. You'll go, all of a sudden the word will say, convict you. You had the wrong motive. You were jealous of somebody. Let's say you didn't even realize it. Now, would you please put that chart up, spirit, soul, body, so that they know what the heck I'm talking about here. (laughs) Okay. You're a three-part being. You are a spirit being. All people are spirit beings. Let me tell you, because we're spirit beings, you can't kill a spirit. Now, your body's going to die. This this outward's going to die, and it'll go in the grave and decay. But you have a spirit and a soul that goes either to heaven or to hell. Okay. So you are a spirit, a soul, and a body. And I got a scripture for that too. It says it right in the Bible. That's your spirit. You're made up of spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> okay. Now, before you ask Jesus to come in your heart. See, Jesus died on the cross. But he didn't want the devil to know what he was doing. He was restoring the Garden of Eden. And he, and he, he did it in a sneaky way. But he wants people to want him. He doesn't just say, well, I'm just going to put, I'm going to put myself in everybody's spirit. No, he doesn't do that. You have to ask him. And that's the best way to do it. Anyway, that's the best way to do anything. And you can't force. There was a time in the history, history of mankind where this one ruler, anybody know who he was? Somebody smart. <laughs> um, and he, he says, well, if that's true, we're going to force everybody. Yeah. Something with the Puritans and the, yeah. Yeah. You either got born again or you got killed. <laughs> it's like, what? And see, you can't, that can't be that way. No, God wants you to want him. Hey, when you get married, don't you want your wife to want you or don't you want your husband to want you? (laughs) Otherwise, forget it. Bye. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, so we have a spirit. Before that, in all honesty, and this sounds terrible, but Jesus said it. He said it in the Gospels. He said, he said to the Pharisees, who were the leaders of the temple, he said, you are of your father, the devil. And, and see, see, Jesus said, I came to bring him life. See, Jesus had to come so he'd die on the cross. Okay, so... You say, Jesus, come into my heart, and I mean it with all my heart. I want you. And guess what happens? Boing! (laughs) And it only takes a second. And God knows if you mean it or not. (laughs) And light comes in to that dark black spirit. I didn't know all this stuff. (laughs) All right? Then you have... Sometimes people call the spirit 
the soul, but it says in 1 Thessalonians that you're made up of spirit, soul, and body. As, but in the Old Testament, they interchange the word soul and spirit a lot of times because Jesus didn't come yet. All right? All right. So your soul really is your intellect, your mind, your own will, and you have a free will. You have a free will. God gave everybody a free will. The devil doesn't want you to have a free will. He wants you to do his will. Well, God wants you to do his will too. But, but he will force you. I mean, you could see that with drug addictions, with any kind of addictions that are harming you, that will hurt you. Okay, so you have, or we're made up of mind, right? We all have a mind to hope. Will, we have our own will, and our emotions. And I can tell you, my emotions were kooky woman before I got more into this word and got more settled down. You know how women can get. Women are more emotional. Some of them. I've met a few men. But, uh, well, it's okay. But, but your emotions will come better into line. When, when, yeah. So you have a mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. This body gives you the right to walk on the earth. But I can tell you that when you die, the body falls to the ground. And the soul and the, the, and the uh, spirit go. Some people have died and they come back to life. And have seen some people even in here. She must be in the nursery. Anyway. Um, see, the word of God, though, has all the life and power in it to keep you actually in victory. Okay, he, it, it'll keep you in victory if you actually use it. And I am, I'm being very honest with you. I don't, I don't care how much you come here and learn stuff, but if you, you don't read it for yourself, it's just you start to not knowing it. Yeah, yeah. You start to not know it. Okay. So Hebrews 11.3, Amplified. Did you know that the world was made by words? Words are so important. Words. I didn't know that. I'm still working on it. You guys have been a Christian 44 years, and I'm still working on my mouth. <laughs> Because I have such a habit from the other 40 years. All right. So by faith, you got to believe God. We understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that we, what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Okay, faith is believing something exists without seeing it yet. I had to believe for healing of cancer. Not, not you know, knowing for sure this or that, you know, you, okay. Well, what was I thinking? 
Sometimes you can, I compare faith with a pregnant woman. Yeah. Or I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, she'll, she'll get pregnant, but you can't really tell and you can't see the baby. But an ultrasound will show that it's there. Yeah. I had all four babies without an ultrasound. <laughs> they didn't have ultrasounds <laughs> then. And, but, uh, so you had to guess what it was going to be <laughs> and get the clothes ready and stuff. But um, that kind of reminds me of faith because then when it does appear, but see, you believe in faith. You believe God so much. You know that he's not a liar. Faith does it. It believes before it sees. Faith does not go by the senses. It doesn't go by the senses. And that's huge. So the world was made, and it says in Genesis 1 that, that uh, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the darkness. And now this was another thing. Instead of saying the wrong words, like say, oh my gosh, look how black it's down there. How could it ever get light? You know, and you keep saying that stuff. That's what we do. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh, my gosh, my diagnosis is this and that. And we keep talking about it, and it gets worse. Do you see what I mean? God, but God could have done the same thing, but he didn't. <laughs> okay, so he, and he said the Holy Spirit was waiting for the words. Holy Spirit waits for our words from the word of God a lot of times. And he said, light be. Now, let me tell you this, too. When Jesus ascended up into heaven, yeah. he says, I turn my authority on the earth over to the disciples. Yes. And he says, preach the word. He yeah. turned it over yeah. to us. Yeah. Many people don't know that. Yeah. And, and, it, and it says in there that, behold, Jesus said to his disciples, and when he was walking the earth yet in one of the Gospels, he said, Behold, I give you power. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. And nothing shall by any means harm you. So what do you say? Satan, and okay, then it says in Matthew 18, 19, you have the right to bind the devil. I bind you, Satan, from afflicting my child who's out on the street. Whatever. I bind you from putting COVID on me. <laughs> and that COVID stuff. Is a, anyway. <laughs> um, you, you have that right. And many people, that's another thing they don't teach or, or tell you because people don't know. Because it, it got so off. You have, you have power from God. You have authority from God, but we've got to use it. Believe me, there are times, like the other night, man, all of a sudden, oh, pain back here. Terrible. In the middle of the night, you know, it was like to a point where I wanted to cry. And I, I was like, oh, God, what's going on? Oh, you know, and I didn't think about Taken by authority. I didn't. See, I, I'm no goody douches. I know this stuff, though, but you've got to do it. And sometimes thing, the pain was so bad that I forgot. 
And it was my back. I don't know what it, what was going on. But anyway, all of this is, is uh, it's just, yeah. So, so okay. So the world was made by words, but not ordinary words, but supernatural words. And that's why you've got to know some things. There's, there's a scripture so good, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will show to be in the wrong. Or you will actually condemn. Those are, those are, are, you know, you can be in a car accident and you know that scripture, it's in here. You say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. <laughs> See, you have to get that stuff inside of you. Oh my. Okay, so the word of God has in it all the life and power necessary to maintain a believer in victory. And you know what? It's God's agent in the earth by which, which he accomplishes his will on the earth through man. Now, you were born again by the word. 1 Peter 1.23 in the Amplified. Okay? And you need to see this scripture because I'm going to show you that it says, you have been regenerated or born again, not from a mortal origin, a seed or a sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. Put the King James up. Mm -hmm, it is. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Jesus is incorruptible. But of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. See, you're healed by it. You can be healed by his word because his word, by speaking it, is God's power. Amen. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the word of God, for it is the power of God to salvation to all who believe in it. So, you know what? It's eternal. It's forever. Heaven and earth, I'm going to say it again. This is in Matthew 24, 35. You don't have to put it up there. But heaven and earth will pass away, and they will. But the word of God will never pass away. And it heals, it delivers. Psalm 107, 20 says, He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from destruction. It's, oh my. It, it, the, the, word, the word is, it's unchanging. Psalm 119.89 said it is forever settled in heaven. There's another psalm, I'm not sure where it is, but it says it's tried, the word of God is tried in a furnace seven times. And it just means it's proved to be pure gold. <laughs> Never changes, and I said this already, Malachi 3.6, I am God and I change not. Because they'll say a lot of things have passed away. This has passed away. That's passed away. No, no. He Hebrews 13.8, uh, uh, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's unfailing. Jeremiah 1.12 says, God watches over the word you speak out of your mouth. Jeremiah 1.12 to perform it for you. 
But you got to speak it first. You got to say it out loud. See, that was another thing. You can't just take it and take some, you know, like this and go. I don't hear anything. <laughs> oh, this scripture I love. Numbers 23, 19. It's reliable. God's not a liar. And you know, a person's word is only as reliable as his character. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. And now what that means, though, and say, well, you know, like I said, I like David better than her. And so, you know, I'm going to answer David, but eh, yeah. <laughs> he can't change. That's right. Come on. He won't change. What he said is forever. Okay. So has he not said it? And shall he not do it? Has he not spoken? And shall he not make the word of God that's coming out of your mouth good? <laughs> See, the word of God will never pass away. Like I said, you can burn up all the Bibles. I don't care what you do. You can't make the word of God pass away. Because the word of God is Jesus. And he doesn't lie and he cannot change. <laughs> Why doesn't it always work? <laughs> Oh, boy, I don't think I can get into this. Uh, well, maybe a little bit I can. Now, the Old Testament, I was 40 years old. I didn't even know there was an Old Testament and a New Testament. Okay. <laughs> but in, in the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the new. And, you know, there's, okay, well, go to the, go to... Um, Gosh, oh, that's because the page turned. <laughs> Numbers 13, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else, though, I need to say before this? Because uh, I, I want to get this kind of an oar. It's, um, just remember, faith is believing the words of God without seeing yet the manifestation of it. You don't go by the senses with faith. You just read the word and you say, he said it, it's forever settled. He'll do it. But see, a lot of times our mouth speaks the opposite of what the word says. And the devil hears it and uses it. Okay, in Numbers 13, uh, I better go there in my own Bible. This, this is kind of, we're still doing stuff on this. <laughs> okay. Now, having read all of this, I can't tell you how many times. Okay, let's do verse 1 and 2 first. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, and he said, send men to explore and scout out for yourself, the land of Canaan, and this is all I want, which I give to the Israelites. He said, I give it to you. I give you the promised land. I'm going to give it to you. Now, 
having, having read, if you read from Genesis on up to that thing, there's about, I don't know how many times, more than 10 times, he said, I'm giving you the promised land. I'm giving you the promised land. I'm going to send you to the promised land. I'm going to send you there. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I start starring it and marking it. Okay, now let's jump to what? Okay, so they went there. They went to the promised land. He got them out of Egypt. All right? He got them out of Egypt, and they were slaves in Egypt. And that's when all those plagues came. You know, okay. And verse 18 says, it, see, it says, see what the land is. And he told them, they got there, and he says, okay, go into the land, send some scouts, and see whether the people who dwell there, what, what it's like. And he sent, there were... Uh, <laughs> There was probably, with the children and, and the wives, two million people. <laughs> now, I, I don't want to bore you, because I, I think people are getting restless and tired. But, all right. No, no, that's all right. See, okay. He said, I'm going to send scouts out. And he took the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. So we jump down to verse 25. They returned from scouting out the land for 40 days. And um, maybe you should even put the scriptures up because let me tell it more so until I tell you to put one up. Um, they brought them word and they showed them the land's fruit. And they told Moses, we came to the land that where you sent us. Surely it flows with milk and honey. This is its fruit. Then the buts started to happen. But the people who dwell there, they're strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the sons of Anak. Those are giants. There were giants there. And they were talking about all this, you know, Amalek and all that. We don't have to go through that. But there was Joshua and Caleb were one of them. And Caleb, okay, okay, Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, this is verse 30, let us go up at once and possess that land. We're well able to conquer it. But the rest of the 10 of the scouts said, no, we're not able to go up against the people of Canaan, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought the Israelites an evil reports. See, how many times do we get an evil report, yet the word of God says what it says, but if you never read it, you don't know what it says, and you can't just read it once, you have got, I, I stood on healing and stood on healing when I found out I had cancer. So they brought an evil report of the land which they had scouted out. This is verse 32, saying, the land through which we went to spy out, it's a land that eats up its inhabitants, devours them. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. We saw the Nephilim, those are giants, the sons of Anak, who come from the giants. And we were in their sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Sometimes you can have a grasshopper mentality. And you can think, I'm just a lowly person. You can't, 
I mean, I was kind of that way. And you have to get that word inside of you. Say, no, man, I can achieve anything I want because of the word of God. You go for it. See, and he already told him how many times his word was true. He led him through the desert. All those millions of people, he fed them. He did miracles with the Red Sea. It parted like this and they crossed over it. And yet they didn't believe God that he had given them the promised land. That he, if they would go in there, he would fight with them. Now, now, chapter 14. Okay, and I'm reading out of the Amplified. Let's see. Okay, so... All the congregation cried out with a loud, loud voice, and they wept that night. What are we going to do? Let's go back to Egypt. I'd rather be a slave. <laughs> so all the Israelites grumbled and deplored their situation, accusing Moses, everybody but Joshua and Caleb. And, yeah, What? It's funny because I got that written right there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, they accused that. See, those were more or less like their pastors. They accused the pastors. <laughs> Why does the Lord bring us to this land so we can fall by this sword? Our wives and our, they're going to be eaten up by the giants. Let's go back to Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. A lot of times people want to go back into the world. And they said to one another, we're going to choose a captain and return to Egypt. Let's get another pastor besides yeah, Moses. Yeah. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly. And Joshua and Caleb, who were among the scouts, searched, who had searched the land, they, were, they rent their clothes. Well, that's what they were. They always say they rent their clothes when they, they were uh, upset. Yeah. And they said to the company of Israelites, the land which we passed as scouts is good land. And if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. And, he, and they kept saying to the rest of the 10 people, only do not rebel against the Lord. Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us, because the Lord's on our side. Their defense and shadow of protection is removed from over them, but the Lord is with us. Don't fear them. But all the congregation said, let's stone Joshua and Caleb. But the glory of the Lord appeared, and they had they, what they call a tent of meeting where they prayed. Uh, okay, And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people, the Lord said this, provoke me, spurn me, and despise me? You know, he could do the same thing with us when we don't believe the word. Now, he doesn't do that if you don't know anything yet. He gives you a chance. But I mean, after 10 years, you're going to, come on. After 10 years of going to school from kindergarten on, they're going to expect you to know something. And so is God. If you're a Christian, you should be getting into the word. Okay. So how long will they, you know, and... And how long will it be before they believe me, trust me, and trust me? For all the signs and wonders and miracles I performed in front of them. Yes. And, and God was getting mad. And you know what Moses did? He started to pray for him. Yes. 
he, he interceded and he stood in their gap and he said, oh no, <laughs> um, don't, and I pray you, he actually said this to the Lord. That's how well Moses knew. And Jesus hadn't died on the cross, so he was, couldn't be born again. And now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great as you have promised. The Lord is long-suffering, slow to anger. Moses himself reminded God of his word. You are abundant in mercy and loving kindness. You forgive everything, but will by no means clear the guilty, visiting, well, okay, let's pardon, I pray, the iniquity of this people to the greatness of your mercy and loving kindness. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But, you know what? He listened to him. Yeah, I know. Uh -huh. But truly as I live and all the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. Because all those men who have seen my glory, my miraculous signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, they yet have tested and proved me ten times and have not heeded my voice. They didn't believe me. I tell you, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of keep preaching and preaching and preaching. People fall asleep. People don't care sometimes. And I'm not trying to be mean, but, but the word of God, and you, you want them to get it. Nobody's doing that now. I'm not saying that. But surely, you know, they shall see the land which I swore to their fathers. Surely they shall not see it, nor shall any who provoked or spurned or despised me see it, but my servant Caleb will, and Joshua will too. And the Lord said, How long will this evil congregation murmur against me? I have heard the complaints the Israelites murmur. Tell them as I live, says the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness, and all who are numbered of you from 20 years on upward who have murmured against me and the rest, but the, all the ones from 20 on down, they eventually got to go with them. But they had to go spend, they spent 40 years in the, in the wilderness, they had to spend another 40. But they all died in there. Well, they were getting up there in age, but... Um, so, see, they all, they all died in that wilderness except for their children who were under 20, and they got to go with them into the promised land. And Joshua and Caleb, see, but how often do, do we not believe, that's my phone. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> see, God was on their side. And from Genesis on, he said, I have given you the promised land several times. And he promised them victory. He promised them that they would be conquerors and that he would help them get through those giants. But see, they chose to put their faith in the five senses. What they saw, what they heard, you know, what they thought they couldn't conquer. And see, and they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And we've got to see ourselves as overcomers. And see, that's walking by faith and not by sight. You, you've got to see yourself in a higher place. You know what? We need to see ourselves in such a high place. <laughs> My son is retired at an early age. But, but, you know, he was talking to me about what they should do with all the immigrants. He was saying all that stuff to me. 
I've got, I got all these ideas that they could do with them. You know, they could, I mean, you know, get them to work and, and then we, you know, and show them and help them, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And it was all good stuff. And I said, Mike, you need to get into politics. <laughs> he, I, I'm serious. He had some good God ideas. And I was, I mean, you got the time. He went, oh my gosh, mother. Oh my gosh, mother. <laughs> I don't know. So, see, that's where we need to be. Christians who are doing that stuff. See, we need to take over. And when you have a grasshopper mentality, which I did have, who am I? I'm a nothing. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't. But see, I've still, I've still got goals. I don't care if I'm 84. I want to move up. I want to move beyond. And you can do that. You can. See, all the power needed for them to take possession of that land or for you to take possession of something, and maybe you want something, you know, or, or, or whatever, was made available when God spoke the word. And God has spoken all kinds of words that, are, that, are, that tell us that we, that we can use. And it works. See, the problem was not with God or his word, but with the people's lack of faith in what God told them. And now you can't blame God for people's, even they're dying. Any of that. Don't, don't. You can't blame God. Everybody's got a free will. And, when you, and some of it is a lack of knowledge of the word too, though. And if you know the word, you can live a long life. Or, you know, it just depends. The enemy will try to get you sometimes. And you aren't aware of it. I mean, he's done that to me with sickness and disease. He has. <laughs> I've had a lot of things, you know. Uh, then all of a sudden I'll go, okay, I'm opening the door. Now, I'm not trying. Everybody's looking at me with a frown. Look, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad or anything no, else. That isn't it. But people blame God for so many things, and he's not the cause of it. I have found out. He said, I will not always chide with man, but I will, I will, he can live for 120 years. Okay, so, so faith is a factor, though, that activates the word of God and brings a great, the, if you activate it, if you say it, if you believe it, because I've tried it and it works, it activates the power that's resident in the word. Faith is believing the word of God before you see the answer. Okay, now I'm almost done here. First John 5, 14 and 15. Okay. See, the Israelites were putting their faith in what they saw, what they heard, what they smelled, what they felt, what they said in their five senses, how big the giants were, how thick the walls were. Uh, sometimes we'll do the same thing. Been there, done it. Because we look at our bank account, we look at doctor's reports, we look at this and that and whatever. Um, and this is the confidence. This, and the word confidence means the trust that we have in God. That if we ask anything according to his will, 
Now stop right there. What is God's will? What is God's word? His word is his will, and his will is his word. And you can look in the Bible, it says that's his will. Okay, the next one. And if we know that he heard us because we spoke his word, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions we desire of him. Amen. Now that's a promise. Yes, it is. That's a promise of God. And it's filled with those kind of things. Um, so you've got to put your faith. You've got to believe that word. And sometimes it takes saying it over and over or taking certain scriptures and just saying over and over. See, never base your judgment in regard to situations on the circumstances you face by the five senses. Always judge it by the word of God. Say it in the Gospels, the word of God is referred to as seed. And I'm going to end with this. Jesus was God's seed in the earth. And Jesus is the word. So this word is seed. And just like the seed of a man has power to produce another human being, so God's word, which is seed, has the power to produce answers to a lot of things. Depression, strife, unforgiveness, pain, Spirit, mental problems, emotions, division, marriages that are on the rocks, healing, lack, all that. See, you, you release this. How do you release? How did all the grass get there and all that? You release a seed by planting it. How do you plant it in yourself? So simple. Okay. You speak it out loud. And you speak it over and over. You plant, I mean, you're planting it. You plant that seed. You believe, well, you've got to believe it's planted, but you help yourself by repeating that scripture so that it's kind of like putting sunshine and rain on it. And that's the first step. Put the word in your heart and, and plant it. And you can't just rattle it off. That word has got, it has got, you got to meditate on it, and it's got to be real. Yeah. That's right. Amen. There's, because oh. people thought, well, I just say, blah, 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 and I got, no, and you had no heart for God. You got to have a heart for God, and you've got to believe that. Um, yeah, you got to be sincere. See, there's no faith to receive until you plant that scripture in your heart. You can say it with your mouth, but it might still be head knowledge. Okay, so when I had, I knew I had cancer, and it was about, the, he said, well, what do you want to do? Because I said, well, I want to have surgery. <laughs> I want to get rid of it if I can. <laughs> and um, so I was using Luke 17, 6. If I had faith as a grain of mustard seed... I would say, and I started studying it and saying real, real, I would say to the sycamine tree, I found out a sycamine tree they used for caskets. So that meant a spirit of death. If I had faith in God's word as a, as a grain, a grain and a, a grain of mustard seed, it's teeniest, tiniest seed there is. Practically. If I had faith... 
like a grain of mustard seed, I would say to this sycamine tree, which represents death, be plucked up by the roots. And then I would meditate and say, wait a minute, plucked up by the roots. And you take it in pieces. You see what I mean? And the Lord said to me, you've got to pull it out so it doesn't grow back again. Plucked up by the roots. You take the roots of something, plucked up by the roots. And then it says, and be planted in the sea. I thought, planted in the sea? Then all of a sudden I thought, salt water. But, and you plant it deep down in the sea so it doesn't float back up. And I thought of that too. See, that's meditation. You see, and you, you plucked up by the roots, planted in the sea. You plant it. Plant it. Go way down there, wherever it is. Plant it so it can't rise up again. So the salt water eats it till it's no more. Salt water destroys stuff, doesn't it? Let's see, what was the rest? Uh, planted in the sea, plucked up, by the, plucked up by the roots and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. She, God said, it will obey you. So, you know, I, I, that's just an example. But you know what? Then you, you kind of got to let time pass. Now, this, you know, this was another, I'm not going to say the rest of that, but okay. So you keep believing, you leave it planted, you praise God. And I kept saying, even when I bought this church with 30 people, <laughs> 23,000 square feet, like, what am I doing? I kept saying, I trust in you, Lord, with all my heart. I don't lean to my own understanding. I don't lean to my senses or that it doesn't make sense. You told me to do it. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, I will acknowledge you, God, and you will direct my path. And I keep saying, I say that every day to this day. See, if you leave that word planted and don't speak the opposite, you're going to get, oh boy, I wouldn't talk to nobody. I didn't even tell anybody but him. And that I had that I was diagnosed with cancer, and then I finally told all my family uh, when it got close to the surgery, which was three months after that. I kept in the word on healing every single day, twice a day, in Charles Capps, God's medicine, and uh, which are scriptures for healing. And you know what? And so you know what? That that's just I'm just telling you that. You leave that word planted and don't dig it up because if you start talking to all these people, sorry folks, but prayer chains sometimes, you put it on a prayer chain and it's good. Do you hear that the pastor has cancer? Maybe I told you, you said, Pastor Jackie has cancer. She has, see, they're speaking it. And I, you know what, I, I wouldn't say that. You know what I kept saying? I was diagnosed with cancer. I wouldn't take ownership. When do you say, I have? Nope. Now, I've said this one, and I rebuked it. I said, arthritis. <laughs> I have this. I have that. Well, I have arthritis. Well, I have diabetes. Well, I have heart trouble. Well, I have, I have cancer. Well, I <laughs> do you see what you're taking? Oh, it's mine. You're saying it's mine. And I, I knew some of that stuff, and I would not say it. 
I kept saying I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed. Yeah. Now I got to start doing it again for other things. Yeah, we need each other. Just correct me. I, I won't even get mad at you. <laughs> Honestly, I won't. I just get mad at Ken if he does it. No. <laughs> we we got to have a little happy here. The other day he said something to me and I went, <sighs> and then I went, you know, I know it. And I said, Ken, I know you're right. You are right. I am so sorry. <laughs> the word is right. The word is right, right. So, I mean, that, it's, it's the sower sows the word. So, you know, get the word of life in your life. And, and, and you can make a quality decision about yeah. so many things. Make, make it a daily discipline. Yeah. Okay, end it with 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16. Okay, study to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed because you can rightly divide the word of truth. Go ahead. But shun profane, profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Now, profane, it means it's speaking the opposite of what the word of God says. You, and, and, and it causes ungodliness. So it's, it's just watch out what people are, you're around that you're talking about. I can't always say, I mean, I do that, but I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. If, if you're starting to say, what does it say in the Amplified, John, Glory to God. on that one? Mm -hmm. yeah. But avoid all empty, vain, useless, idle talk. Oh, Come on. Wow. oh man, you know, it, <laughs> we'll start talking about Mm, maybe the weather and how bad it is and how you know just if you you keep doing that and then you start resenting all kinds of stuff. I'm not thinking of a good example. Anybody else think of an example? Come on. Do you know what? I mean, there's things we can talk about, and it's just and we and you know what we're doing? We're murmuring and complaining, murmuring and complaining. And we're supposed to, and you know what? It, it steals your joy. All of this stuff I've noticed after all these years, I'm just trying to help you because I'm an older woman. I mean, here it talks about, man, if God created the world with words, think how important words are. Created the earth and the planets and the stars. And I mean, it just talks, words are the most important things in the universe. Yes. Faith-filled words put you over fear-filled, fear. And when we talk about fear, you know what? There is a spirit of fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. So it's actually a demon spirit, but a power of love and a sound mind. And that spirit of fear is, it'll really cause havoc with people's minds. Most of it is a spirit of fear. 
Okay, so just having said all of that, is there anyone in here who has never made Jesus Lord of their life? Has never said, you know, Jesus, I just want to make you the Lord of my life. I want you to come in and take over. And, and I told you at the beginning, and, it, and it's just that whole thing that I saw. My own daughter led me to the Lord. Or, well, actually, even in my teaching, when I received my first communion, there was a nun that told me to take Jesus in my heart. And I did, but I always was interested in God. Always. I, I had letters that I would write to him all the time when I was a little girl, and I would talk to him. And I saw an angel once when I was like four years old. I remember it on the stair steps <laughs> to our house. But, um, you know, God is real and he'll help you. Yes. And you don't have to be some goody two-shoes. I mean, you have fun, you laugh. You laugh more when you're a Christian. Yes. And, and all it takes is, is uh, saying, meaning it, it says in Romans that you have to say it with your mouth and believe it in your heart. So if, but if you believe it in your heart, but you're too embarrassed to say it with your mouth, it doesn't work. Because that's, that's what um, that one Pharisee did. Yeah, because he met Jesus in the middle of the night. Nicodemus, yeah. And he was ashamed because he thought he, he would have gotten kicked out of the Sanhedrin, which was very prominent. People got in that. But um, he believed in Jesus. But if he wouldn't acknowledge it to the world, then you don't get born again. Like you can knock on people's doors, which we did way back. <laughs> Anybody else was in that? You were, you were, yep. We were knocking on people's doors way back in the 80s, you know. And sometimes people will just say the words, Jesus, come into my heart just to get rid of you. Or, you know, a boyfriend and a girlfriend can do that. They can just say, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, because I, I, I want to marry this guy. I'm going to tell him, yeah, you know, I'll do it, you know. Or vice versa, or the, you know. And then, yeah, but it, it doesn't work if it's not real in your heart. It's got to be real. You have to say, okay, I take the handle of my heart, the inside. It's inside because Jesus can't force you. And I open up the door and come in. You know, in fact, sometimes I go like this to the Lord. God, I just want you all the way. You know what? I know that because I can't get along in this life without it. Because so many things happen. So many things are hurtful. And I'm kind of that type that gets that way, you know. And um, you, ju you just have to get strong if you don't have the Lord. And you, you, you say, Jesus, come into my heart and be. Now, I, I know that even in the church that I was going to, that I saw him as my savior because they believed that he died on the cross and uh, was buried and then rose from the dead. But what I saw was I wasn't making him Lord over my mouth. Now, I'm not talking about just words. I'm talking about what I put into it. 
Could be drugs, could be alcohol. I, or what I've hear. You know? A lot of swear words, a lot of stuff like that. Blaspheming Jesus. Or what, what I see. You know? Could be pornography. And, you know, you have to make him Lord. That's, that's what I made him more Lord of my life. You know? Of what I eat, drink, see, hear, say. <laughs> and I'm not always... I'm not always right. I goof up. But you know what? Then it says in 1 John 1, 9, if you sin after you're a, a born-again Christian, it's that first of all, let me tell you this. If you really receive Jesus and that, that black part of that spirit goes whoosh, white as snow, he comes in immediately. It doesn't take a bunch of teaching and all that. The teaching comes later. Because now you got Jesus and he helps you to understand it. You got him in there and he helps you to understand it. I can attest to that because that's what happened. He helped me understand. I always tried to read this and I was bored. <laughs> but but he, has to come, he has to come in there and then you really need to make him and it's slow. He doesn't expect you to get rid of everything right away. Because I, I think of some of the things when I first started doing this 44 years ago, and I was like, oh, brother. I'd be embarrassed at myself. <laughs> because they were all on the up and up. But I didn't know any better, and God gives you a chance. As, as a young Christian, he'll, he'll go slow with you. You don't have to know what we know after 44 years. Right. But then on the other hand, there's people that do it for 44 years and don't know nothing because they don't look into the Word. And don't go to church where you're taught that kind of thing. And all I'm saying is that it's just so much of a better life you can get rid of bad habits. God saved my life from cancer. <laughs> Um, I mean, see, there, there's just certain things that I know that I've had, uh, you know, I'm, I, there's no way, but you, you're, you keep perfecting yourself. If I was perfect, I wouldn't have had to get a knee replacement. Get a knee replacement. Nope. Wait a minute. It's this one. I sometimes forget which one it is. That shows it worked pretty good. This is knee replacement. This is a hip replacement. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Sometimes I go, which <laughs> Yeah, we try to be lighthearted in between so you laugh. <laughs> but I, I just know God is so good. And even when I had these, practically, and I was like late 70s. One of them, I was 80. No, I was 80. Yeah. And I went, Bleh. okay, let's go to, two days later, I was at physical therapy. <laughs> See, Ron? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to talk to him. <laughs> and you take your, you go, okay, God, you're going to help me. I'm taking this knee, and I'm bending it way back. See, this is what I can. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah. it's God. Yeah. 
I give him all the credit for all, for anything. And thank God there are medical methods to help you to keep going. Thank God, because I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I don't even want to walk with a walker. I don't even want crutches. I don't want, I want to be whole and healed so I can keep preaching the gospel. I really do. But, you know, I don't know. Let's everybody bow your heads for one, just one second. Not one second, a little longer than that. But <laughs> is there anyone here, and, and if there is, that you need, you've never taken Jesus as your Lord, you've never asked him to come into your heart, all I want you to do is just raise your hand real fast and put it down. No one? I don't see anyone. Maybe I missed it. You know, let's, let's all just say a prayer. Because this even is something you can do yourself. Let's just, everybody, just repeat. Say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross and took all my sins and that they buried you. But then you rose from the dead. I believe that. And I'm asking you now to come into my heart I open and zip open my heart wide open to you and want everything that you have for me. And I'm asking you to help me with changing some things in my life. And I make you Lord over what I think about about what I say, what I listen to, who I hang around, what I put into my mouth, and what I do with my body, and where I go. And Lord, I just know that you are always with me. Because I have asked you to take over my life and to take over my body and help me with those things that I need to get rid of. Because you are a good, good God. And that you will show me the way and you will direct my path and you will give me knowledge. When I open the word of God, and it will be the, the best dessert I've ever had. And I thank you for it. Thank you for dying for me and taking me in. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. So, actually, yep, you're just missed. <laughs>